tuning in to the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries, and your number one source for after-show entertainment. TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Hello and welcome to UFC on AfterBuzz TV. My name is Daria Bernardo, and I'm here with Pinky and the Brain. Or just who's Pinky? I'd be both of them. Thank you very much. Pinky, I'm and Pinky the and the Brain. Pinky and the Brain. Okay, that works. Okay. Yeah. And George. And George. There wasn't. A We're here George. with George Hermosa and Mr. J Tan, as always, uh, looking good in pink, Jay. Mother's Day. Mother's you know? Day? Is, so, that, is that what it's for? It's the seasonal Well, shirt? yeah, of course, pink is the official color of Mother's Day. Right, Because okay. when you think women, of course you think pink. Okay. And when you think pink, you think women. And there's no other way around it. That's just how it is mm-hmm. universally throughout the world. What do you think when you, when, you, when you see yellow? School bus. Mm, food. I get hungry. Uh, I was going to go with After Buzz, but... <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> welcome to After Buzz, guys. We're here to talk about UFC Fight Night 65, Miocic... Mio, oh, can I talk? Miocic versus Hunt. You're this went you're down. It, what? <laughs> you're doing it now. Let's go. It went down in Australia um, yesterday, and it was on Fight Pass. So if you guys didn't see it, you can see it now. For how much, guys? $9.99? It's like 10 you bucks after taxes. Correct. It's like 10 bucks after taxes. <laughs> and if you take George Aramosa's username, it's free. I'll give it out after the show. Anyway, let's start at the bottom of the card. Because there was a lot of interesting fights and very few decisions, which is my kind of card. Yeah, this was another one that um, I want to say there's something in the water down there, Australia, or certainly the the mentality of fighters that are on an Australian card. They go for broke. I think they know. It's weird to say. I want to say that they know that the crowds love finishes, but mm-hmm. what crowd that's watching the UFC doesn't, doesn't like finishes? Exactly. You know? But boy, they this is the second one uh, down there, I believe, of this year, mm-hmm. uh, where the last one, if I remember correctly, there were no uh, no decisions on that one. It was the first one in like 15 years or something. It was Very a good fight time. card. I remember that. I remember yeah, it was yeah. action-packed and, and super entertaining. And this one, you only had two decisions mm-hmm. uh, on the entire 12-fight card, uh, one of which I disagree with, but, uh, you know. We'll, we'll talk about that. Yeah, there that. was a yeah. split decision. Um, Elmira. Elmira. What's Elmira? I don't know. Who, the people at home watching will know what that comment means. Well, uh, the people that are doing the show should probably know as well. We got Joe Boza in the house. Joe, what's going on? What up, man? How are you? <laughs> I don't know like why I looked at you to <laughs> ask that question. Daria, how's Joe Boza? I don't know. How's Joe Boza? J- ask him. J- J- Joe, in response you to your guys' thing, uh, James Foran on the chat roll said, I should be Elmira. So that's why I was like uh, reacting Elmira. Oh, okay. So, we'll find yeah, out. You let us know. Well. Anyway, let's start from the bottom of the card. <laughs> we have Altekin. Ozilic versus Ben Nugent. Ben won via KO in round one. Next, we have uh, Vic Gruchik versus Brendan O'Reilly. O'Reilly won via unanimous decision. That was one of the only decisions on the card. Then we had uh, some strawweight females, uh, one of which was in the Ultimate Fighter House, Alex Chambers versus 
Kylan Curran. Uh, we last saw Kylan against Paige Van Zandt. Uh, Chambers secured an armbar in round three to finish it, but before that, Kylan Curran was really taking it to her. Yeah, that was a fun one. You know, rare moment. You kind of knew that you were in for uh, a special treat that uh, right. the, the whole show, like when things, you know, early in the show get set off like that. Yeah. Alex came from behind. Kylan looked fantastic. Um, it really made me want to see, based on Kylan's performance, made me want to see a rematch with Paige, you know? It, it did. Because I, I think that Kylan Curran's uh, first fight in the UFC was, was obviously against Paige Van Zandt. And I think that it was still getting rid of some of those jitters and, and some of the first UFC experience, you know, stuff. But this time, she looked like a more mature, more veteran Kylan Curran. So, she kept control a lot against Alex in the cage, but yeah. just got... Um, well, it was in the third, you know, got caught. I think, what was it, working? Uh, she was working a Kimura. Got the takedown. At first. And, yeah, Alex uh, Alex was in bottom and worked for Kimura. was just very patient. Yeah. And when Kylan stepped up, uh, stood up kind of to, 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 to stack her, got caught in that armbar yep, position. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. Um, you saw her looking at her corner while she was in the Kimura, like, what do I do, what do I do? Like, get me out of this. And... It was a shame because, like I said, her striking looked phenomenal. Her, she's a wrestler, too. Her wrestling's always been good. Um, but you know what? Alex Chambers is a champ. She hung in there with the warrior spirit that she has and came out with the finish. So it's congratulations. Good I, I think this also establishes that they can keep her around for uh, for the next Australian show. Maybe uh, There may be one towards the end of the year or so. Right. Um, but, you know... Proves that she can. Uh, she's got a little bit of momentum, you know, and kind of might have saved her career, frankly, uh, or at least her tenure in the UFC. Right. You never know. Um, we also have in that weight class. We have a new uh, title matchup. Joanna and Jacek is fighting Jessica Penne. Mm-hmm. So that'll be a pretty interesting fight. That uh, was because uh, Gustafson got hurt. Right. Uh, who was he supposed to fight? He was supposed to fight Jessica Penne. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, I think it was supposed to be like Glover Teixeira. Yeah, uh, and then that they, they needed they, need they, need they needed a new main event. So enter Joanna with Joanna her first title Jay defense. Jay so yeah. that should be fun to watch. They're both boxers. I mean, Jessica Penne is like a good, good, dirty boxer. So mm-hmm. that'll be an interesting. I'm stand-up not gonna lie. Match. I think uh, Joanna's going to destroy. Her. I think Joanna's going to win as well. But but we will see. Uh, next on the card, we have Dylan Andrews versus Bradley Scott. Scott wins via guillotine in round two. Um, next, we have Rowdy Beck Rawlings versus Lisa Ellis, another matchup in the 115-pound division. Beck Lisa, Rawlings go ahead. won via rear naked choke. Lisa Ellis one. was the one that had the, the weird blanket, right? <laughs> yes. Uh, the, 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 the baby blanket of the her one-year-old, the I think, eating the cake, which yeah. happened to be red and it looked like a murder scene. Yes. Because yes. the blanket was a little bit messed up on the bed there. Yeah. You guys that don't remember, go watch uh, the Ultimate Fighter strawweight season. I don't know. What number was that? 20? 20? Yeah, it was 20. I'm um, trying to think the episode was... It was like the second episode. Was it the episode that you and I did? With Maybe. Maybe. It was the second or third episode. I think I was here. Because I remember talking about that. You did the... Right. But I think you weren't there for the episode. I think that might have been the one that Steven... I remember, actually, Steven was uh, producing that one. Yeah? Because that was also the same episode. At least the, it was just George and I that we had to deal with the fly in the room and oh, the electric right, tennis. right, right. Fly in the I room. I want to say that that was the same episode. Go Jeff, back and watch our Ultimate Fighter show. Jeff Goldblum still hasn't forgiven us. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody else got that reference, sadly enough. <laughs> Like Gary laughs as if she knows I, what it's I know exactly about. what you're talking okay, about. Okay, I'm it surprised. Okay, with WWE, right? No, no. God damn it! It's always it's always WWE. I thought I was going with a safe call there. But so even anyway. if it was WWE, you still wouldn't know it. But go ahead. That's very true. I would not know. Uh, Dan Kelly versus Smiling Sam Alvey. Uh, Alvey won via TKO in round one. Alvey didn't only put on a performance. 
Did he put but on some tan? Put on some suntan. <laughs> he put on some tan and he, he put on stencil on his chest. An interview of the night to be sure afterwards. Yeah. Um, Sam was, you know, I, I, I love this match. There was a number, there was a lot of good candidates for uh, performance bonus, and uh-huh. I think Sam probably would have uh, won it. Uh, performance bonus, knocking out, uh, uh, knocking out Dan in the first with basically just rights, rights to the face, dropping him like uh, I think twice mm-hmm. uh, with a flurry. Uh, well, once with a right, and then the second time flurry. But uh, except for yeah, this um, hashtag or a sponsor that he had apparently spray tanned onto his chest, <laughs> which uh, what was it exactly? Perfect Does tan. Say? Hashtag perfect tan. Much per- like me. Um, <laughs> maybe maybe I should be sponsoring the show. I don't know. I don't know. Um, but you know, I, th- I think that probably apparently that uh, that wigged out uh, UFC officials that that he kind of did that loophole in terms of sponsors and, and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, I, I guess it's with you know it's kind of relevant right now with the whole Reebok deal going on, mm-hmm. saying that you can't have any other sponsors on your shorts uh, coming July or something well, like that. Well, Tom, Tom Wright the, says the UFC's executive for Canada, Australia, amongst other locations, says that it's just against the policy. It's just not so much – I don't think it has to do with the Reebok deal. It just said you can put your sponsors on your shorts. You just can't put them on your body. Oh. I think that's what it comes down to. And after you July, probably, you can't put them on yeah, the shorts. Yeah, as of now, you can put them on the banner. You can put them on the shorts. just not on your body. Which kind of makes it weird because CM Punk's got that Pepsi logo. He's not sponsored yeah, by know, them. It's just a stupid tattoo. <laughs> um, Rico Rodriguez did this. There was a hearkening back um, when I saw this. I remember the story about Rico Rodriguez putting a, uh, a website uh, a, a website address on his back. I believe it was hennaed and it pretty much took up the entire back. That is so funny. This was a while ago, and I believe, if I remember correctly, I think... I remember that. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, California State Athletic Commission uh, basically created... They had to to write laws or uh, or add, you know, uh, add laws to their their rules and regulations that you cannot do that. Hey, you can't can't, uh, know the rule until someone breaks Mm -hmm. it, right? I mean, Sanavi just said he just thought he was trying to be funny. Right. I mean, he's a guy who literally is smiling in every single moment... Before and after the fight, right? Because um, he's just a smiling guy, you know. Why not? But he just said he's just trying to be funny. He's like, "I'm sorry, I didn't mean to break the rules. I just thought it would be funny. Thought yeah. it, it would entertain the fans, which it did." As um, did his post-fight interview, yeah. guys. You know, I tweeted this, but uh, you really should go out of your way, aspiring fighters, go out of your way to watch the smiling Sam Alvey, Dan Kelly match, uh, especially his post-fight interview, because that's the kind of thing where. When I say that people want to know who you are and people want to root for you, that's how you show yourself. You I know, mean, it's it's smart because a lot more people. I mean, I I kind of figured him out or kind of uh, found a, or found out about him his last fight. Mm-hmm. But now a lot more people are going to find out about Sam Avi. Not beca- not so much because of his fight ability, even though he's a good fighter. It's just now the sponsor, the the, the tan, the calling he's out, made a all statement. those things. Yeah. I mean, he's done something that's put him in all MMA press. I mean, everyone's running the story today and yesterday. Yeah. And you know what? If that's what it takes to to get people to see the great character you have inside the octagon, yeah, hell he's, yeah, he's been that character for a while though. I remember watching him in uh, uh, shows in Edmonton and uh, right, and but around the, that's regionally. You. A lot of casual fans haven't, <laughs> yeah, haven't seen him yet, so that was definitely a good introduction. Next on the card, we have Kyle Noak versus Jonathan Webb. Noak won via split decision. Now this was the one that was kind of controversial. What did you think, Jay? I had uh, I had. Uh, Jonathan Webb, not Jonathan, but Jonathan Webb winning the first and third. He's a guy to watch for, to be sure. Really impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, he kept switching stand, very adaptable. Um, if I can 
I think that's a word. <laughs> I've got to look right. up. Um, but I, I was really impressed with how much he – malleable is, is what I want. He was able to adapt with the situation. He kept switching stance and he looked comfortable in both. Mm-hmm. Um, he dropped down for a uh, uh, for a calf slicer. He got a takedown and was working for uh, guillotine and then uh, switched to a calf slicer and was just really going with the flow. Big time with uh, with Noak, who himself, you know, certainly a veteran and not an easy guy to get past at all. Right. The judges uh, apparently gave it to Noak. Let's see. Somebody gave Webb thirty twenty seven all three rounds, and then uh, two other judges gave Noak uh, the the match twenty nine twenty eight. I gave Noak the second round. I'm guessing that they might have given them the first as well because um, I thought that uh, Webb really turned it up. Uh, in the second half of the third round, mm-hmm. but but I gave Webb the the third as, uh, the first as well, first and the third. Uh, he impressed me a lot, so I I'm surprised uh, how, how that uh, that one played out. But well, you know what? When you have a fight like that, there's no loser in the sense of Dana White's eyes. He mm-hmm. looks at fights like that that are so entertaining and so athletic and so you know high in speaking and skill and technique that neither of those guys are going anywhere anytime soon. No, to be sure, yeah. The, Kyle Noak will uh, will continue to to fight. Yeah, I mean, he's probably going to be one of those guys that fights. Uh, they reserve a lot of these guys, I, I think, for uh, for Australia and you know maybe New Zealand, hopefully Melbourne right. at some point. Um, but I think they're figuring out who they can um, who they can use, you know, as headliners for that continent down there, which certainly makes sense. Well, that's what I was surprised by when I was watching the card. I was like, oh, they're going to Australia. I was like. How many Australian fighters do we really know? And it's like, oh my god, all these You've people had like two are two seasons of Ultimate Fighter involving an Australian team. And I team. think that's helped develop a lot of really big names out there, mm-hmm. and it makes it more entertaining for <coughs> you know any kind of fan because we look and we see more familiar faces when we go you know to these other countries. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, but Jonathan, I believe he was uh, American. I think they brought him down, um, right? And uh, you know, hopefully, we'll see more of him uh, in in the future. Definitely, in the main, mainland. Uh, U.S. cards. Uh, next on the card, we have Hatsu Hiyoki versus Dan, the Hangman Hooker. Uh, Hiyoki won via TKO in round nope. two. Nope. No? Nope. Hooker won. Oh, did you see Hiyoki? Yeah. Did I say Hiyoki? Oh, no. Hooker. Dan Hooker. I just can't read. Dan Hooker won via TKO in round two. Yeah. Um, that was that was a good one. Another this good was one. another good one. Absolutely. This was, I, I think they people may have kind of earmarked this. Before the the event as, as a potential fight of the night, and certainly makes right. sense. Sounded like uh, Dan Hooker comes off a lot of um, uh, a lot of hype regionally down mm-hmm. there. Him being uh, a local, actually uh, New Zealand, if I remember correctly. Yeah, New Zealand, not uh, uh, not Australian. And I know the Australians and the Ki- the Aussies and the Kiwis will. Uh, They'll have your head if you make that mistake between the two of them. Big difference from them. From us, we just hear the same accent. But uh, between the Aussies and the Kiwis, you know, they don't like to get you that You better get up. it right. Exactly. That's like yeah. East Coast and West Coast, right, in America? You better not call me a New Yorker if I'm not. I suppose something like that. Right. Probably to Australians and Kiwis, they get us mixed up. Yeah, I'm sure. I would think so. Um, but, uh, yeah, Hioki got a t- takedown off of a head kick. Um, Dan uh, escaped. Uh, let's see. Hioki, the, the first round was, was super close. I was actually referring to the third, the second just then, but, um, Hioki was landing to the body, uh, and, uh, Dan Hooker threw a, uh, threw a head kick, followed up with rights, and, you know, Hioki was against the cage and just down. Mm-hmm. So, um, good performance for, for Dan. I thought they both looked great. I mean, mm-hmm. but obviously Dan Hooker took the W this time, but two guys that we obviously will see more of. 
Um, the next fight was really interesting, and it was a landmark. Um, the second youngest fighter in the UFC fought last night, Jake the Celtic Kid Matthews versus James the Texecutioner. I like that. Vic. Uh, James Vic won via guillotine. Four minutes and 53 seconds into round one. Um, so, Jake Matthews is 20 years old. Super athletic. Tall kid. Really long reach. He's known for, I think, his boxing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, no. James is known for his boxing. He was a Golden Gloves champ. Mm-hmm. Uh, really good cardio. Uh, toward the end of round one, Vic began to come back while defending a takedown and secured the guillotine. Mm-hmm. That was good. Jake Matthews looked very promising, though. I know it's kind of a blessing in disguise because he is twenty. Right, he, he looked really good. I know? thought he looked good, and it's too. one of those things where, yeah, you lost, but I mean, you're twenty. I mean, you got a long, you got a, possibly a long future in front of you. Right. So Absolutely. he's one of those guys I picked to really shine this year, and this this match didn't happen uh, or didn't happen for him in this match, but mm-hmm. uh, I, I think he's got a promising future. But uh, to his credit, though, James Vick. Holds on to his undefeated record as well, mm-hmm. so we we may see more from him, uh, in you know later on this year. The beginning, I mean, the beginning of the round, Jake was giving it to to James. Mm-hmm. He was really taking it to him, putting his back against the cage. Um, but you know, James Vick came back and, and secured that submission. Yeah. Uh, next, we had Anthony the Hippo Parish versus Sean the Real O'Connell. Uh, the Real OC. The real OC. Yep. Oh. OC O'Connell. O'Connell. OC O'Connell. Got it. I thought you... Oh, it's all coming together now. Um, anyway, O'Connell wow. won via TKO in round one. Wow. A minute and 56 in the ads. Wasn't a, a whole week. lot to this match. Sean OC or O'Connell just came Talk in. Talk about landing big punches. Flurries away. Yeah. Every... Didn't it, Didn't you guys feel like when you were watching this, like every shot was landing? Mm-hmm. I don't think I saw him miss one punch. Yeah. It was much. like rock, 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 rock after one after the other. Parosh is one of those guys, if I remember correctly, he, you know, it can take a little bit of time for him to get, kind of get started. Yeah, they said um, he was a slow starter. That it, yeah. t- it takes a little time to, for him to warm up. Yeah. There just wasn't enough time for him to get started in this yeah. one, you know? Um, but he's had some good fights in the past. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was Sean's moment to shine here. I agree. And he did. Next, we have Brad Tavares versus Robert Whitaker. Um, this was... An amazing performance by Robert Whitaker, and man, was he excited after this victory. Mm-hmm. You see, he was pounding his chest so hard, he had like an immediate bruise there. <laughs> yeah. Did you see it? Yeah. I mean, he's from, he's from New Zealand. He, he was one of the ones that won the Tough Enough uh, mm-hmm. smashes. Yeah. Oh, his last performance, he looked really good, too. I, I can't remember who he fought. Clint Hester. Uh, Clint Hester. You, I, I looked you know it up. everything. I looked it up earlier. Like seconds ago. But the challenge is still on Ariel Hawani. We're going to put that together. Uh, I would love to see that George mm-hmm. versus Ariel Hawani. We should. So the reference guys, in case you missed it, the last uh, Thursday, this past Thursday, rather, Ultimate Fighter season twenty one. We had Ariel Hawani on, and uh, it kind of came out. Uh, was it? I think Suri mentioned uh, one of our hosts referred to Ariel as a uh, walking encyclopedia. Or actually, I think Ariel did. Come to think of it, I think Ariel referred to himself as a walking encyclopedia, which certainly is true. Right. Um, but uh, that was also the nickname that we first were introduced, of course, uh, to George way back in the days. So that was like a year ago. It was way, way it was back. 366 yeah. plus days at okay. least. At least. So um, I threw down the gauntlet about Ariel versus George in a uh, in some kind of ma- – but I guess it's MMA trivia essentially, right? There we go. I would love to see that. Yeah. I think he would I think win. we should put that together. Somebody's got to work on a hashtag for that. I think he would win. 
I don't know, because I was listening to him talk, and he's like, oh, UFC 86, yeah, this, and then this was the undercard. I mean, I know that's up, but as far as the numbers go, I'm like, how do you remember the numbers? Well, There's so many. Well, to be fair, he was at a lot of them yeah, when probably. you weren't. You and know? he is a full-time MMA journalist. That's true. And he's getting paid for it. If you, if you pay me that much, <laughs> then yeah, absolutely, I'll have everything memorized. <laughs> Soon, George. We're going to make this happen. Okay. But anyway, uh, Whitaker... I think he'd beat you, too, frankly. I got. I want to see got, that happen. Yeah, I have him wrestling though, but uh, yeah, Brad, Brad Tavares is somebody who uh, has been looking very promising recently as well. Just coming off a unanimous physical victory with over Nate the Great Marquat. Mm-hmm. Yep, uh, he's a guy that, that he was, was beasting be on, in that one too. I eh? think he was thirteen or fourteen in the rankings in the middleweight division. Fourteenth mm-hmm. uh, in the middleweight division. So yeah, definitely Whitaker shows that he belongs in that divi- in that. Uh, Absolutely. Rankings. Brad fed very well when he was on uh, Tough a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, went, I think, to the semifinals. Uh, might have, I think, lost to Court McGee or so. Um, and then, you know, has had a pretty decent run, mm-hmm. uh, r- racking up a string of wins in the UFC. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some losses here and there. But, um, yeah, he, he's a guy that a lot of people, I think, are still sleeping on. Um, but the guy's got power. I and think so. they both looked so good going into that cage. Didn't they look so calm and like ready? Mm-hmm. You saw Brad Tavares taking his shoes off and he like lined them up before he gave them <laughs> to his coach. I was like, oh my god, this guy is like so with it. You know, you watch fighters walk out to the cage, and, and maybe it's just me because I've I, I've done it. But and I look at their mannerisms, and you know, are they calm? Are they nervous? Are they excited? Are they mm-hmm. pumped? Are they you know? what their mindset is and it's so interesting seeing how everyone deals with you know the excitement differently mm-hmm. and Brad Tavares to me just looks so calm and ready and patient he's not afraid to throw down against tough guys he'll take on tough opponents right. he has already um and so it's just another day at the office to him you right know? um I, yeah I think he's he's certainly veteran enough that yeah, there's no jitters involved with him right you know? But to, something to speak of is the power behind Whitaker's punches. Mm-hmm. I mean, the first seconds of this fight, that left hook that he landed, that it's so funny, Kenny Florian said, watch out for that left hook as the hook was landing. So mm-hmm. good job, Kenny Florian, with with your <laughs> Whitaker knowledge. But it landed so clean and rocked Tavares immediately. Yeah. Then he landed the same thing again. It was more of a looping left hook the second time, mm-hmm. but it was the same hand again. And finally he finishes it on the ground with that right, and it was over. Yeah. Good fight. Good fight. That that was probably my favorite fight. I'd like to see Whitaker. I'd like to see what he's going to do next. Where do you, I mean, where do you put him? You're looking at the rankings. Um, CB Dolling? He's not listed right now? Well, no, it's not. It's not. This updates tomorrow. Oh, yeah. I got so it. obviously I would think that Tavares goes down. Tavares is currently at 14. Carnero goes to 14 and then put Whitaker at 15. Yeah. Dalloway, who just came off a loss. Against Michael Bisbing, yeah, I put him against my uh, CB Dolly. Yeah. That would be interesting. Definitely a great test for either one of them. Hmm. When did CB Dolly last fight? Well, like two, three weeks ago. Yeah, with Michael recent. Bisbing. Mm-hmm. So that would be perfect. Yeah, it was like two weeks ago, right? Two, three weeks ago. Yeah, it was yeah. on the same one as Machida and Rockhold. Yeah, you know, right. Mm-hmm. Jersey. It was the Jersey card, right? Jersey. Yep. yep. It all went down in Jersey. Okay, so we have the main event of the evening. In the heavyweight division, Stipe Miocic versus Mark Super Samoan Hunt. Both coming off of losses. I think Miocic last fought in December. I remember because I, I remember your, covering it. I yeah. remember. I remember going to your house and having Little Caesars while we we're watching uh, Junior Dos Santos versus Stipe oh, Miocic. I let uh, Little Caesars into my house. Uh, really? You yeah. did. Oh, man. Yeah, you might have even praised him for it. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then uh, Mark Hunt just coming off that interim. Uh, for the NRM championship against Fabrice Verdun. Mm-hmm. Uh, so both of them looking to bounce back and, uh, 
this was. Oh man, it was kind of hard to watch at some points. <laughs> really hard to watch. Stepe Miocic had his nights oh. against Mark Hunt. He was landing well, and then proceeded. We'd, we'd get him against the cage, takedown, and then just punished him. And Mark could not try as he might. You know, there were oh, some some God. moments of shrimping out and, and usually getting to the cage and while walking up. Listen, Mark but, Hunt did such a good job of getting back up a couple times. Yeah, but when you get, especially heavyweights, I couldn't even imagine. Um, getting taken down, dragged down that many times, being in half guard on the bottom, mm-hmm. and just being grinded out with elbows to the face. Yeah. That it was so, um, it seemed so calculated watching it. I'm sure Stevie Miocic was putting all his power into it, but it looked like he was kind of just teasing him with these elbows. Like they weren't hard enough to knock him out, they weren't hard enough to cut him open, yet they were hurting him, and it was just this cycle, and that happened for, for three or four rounds. I think it. At least my interpretation was he was uh, very focused about keeping position. The whole thing about position before submission. Absolutely. Never mind he wasn't going for a submission. I think he... But he was keeping top control on the guy, uh, on, on I Hunt. Agree. You know, I think he was trying to keep position, but I also think he was trying to tire Hunt out. Because I think what he mm. feared most was Hunt's power standing up. True. So I think his thought process was... Okay, if I get him to the ground, wear his arms out, make him really fight from the bottom, mm-hmm. when he gets up, his power is going to be gone. Or at least his cardio is going to be zapped, you know? Yeah. So I think that was part of it. But, oh, God, was it hard to watch at some points. I mean, what was that? Nine, uh, ten, nine. I, I gave uh, Miocic uh, ten, nine in the first two, ten, eights in the third and fourth. Right. And it wasn't exactly, I think there was one moment in the third when Miocic was really close to, to finishing Hunt, the oh. referee was about to step in. For sure. You know, the crowd was booing. Uh, the, re- the, the the commentators were saying it probably could have been stopped. There were a lot of it shots there. Stopped. Yeah, yeah, I probably should have been. It should have been only, stopped, especially between the fourth and the fifth round. If only because yeah. Hunt could not. I mean, he was just barely doing enough to keep the match going, but he wasn't really advancing his position. No, and what what needs to go into account, once again, I hate to, to differentiate weight classes, but when you're looking at guys that big with that much power behind themselves, and you know, even if they are just hammer fists coming from here to the head, when there's that many and there's no defense there, you have to stop the fight. I mean, not blaming the ref, but... Uh, you had Miocic just pound on Hunt, and then he would say, Hunt, uh, do something, do something. And Hunt would. And would do just, would just do like, just yes. like a little punch, like just out of nowhere. Okay, cool, he's fine. You know, I was like, no, that's not it's, fine. Yeah. That, that's begging for dear life, you know? It and, was. Yeah. I, I wanted it to be stopped. And between the fourth and the fifth round, he, his face was unrecognizable. I mean, his eyes were damn near shut. Mm-hmm. You could really couldn't um, see his face too well and he looked pretty battered and yet he still was able to convince the doctor and the referee he could his see his spirit I mean talk about warrior spirit like we were saying earlier oh. I've never seen a guy come back from such damage such such a beating and continue to perform the way he did yeah was Mark do, do me a favor George check back Mark's uh, career in pride was he the first one to to defeat Vanderlei Silva after that long streak Mark Hunt's his his matches in Pride and in K one. I mean, that's the stuff that you just you know. You, the guy was such a Terminator. He's like he's like the Hulk. You know. He is. Um, am I wrong about that? Am I? Uh, he did defeat Vanderlei, and yeah, by decision. I, I think that that might have been the first time that Vanderlei lost lost after a very long uh, long win streak. Um, keep going. Uh, yeah, yep, I mean, that's he had the one. One. He had a couple draws because of a uh, right the draw with Mirko, right. but he beat. 
Rampage. What year was that? That was his first official loss. 2004. Pride Shockwave 2004. Yeah, guys. Mm -hmm. Mark Hunt is one, you know, in the the K1. I don't think Fight Pass has K1, but go... Mark Hunt, Pride, there's your homework, guys. Go back, have fun with that Talk one. Even about some a guy of his, that has a chin. Even some of his previous fights, look up uh, him against Antonio Silva. Mm, oh, uh, yeah. Look up him against Junior Dos Santos, even though the Silva one was a draw and Santos was a, uh, was a just flat-out loss. I mean, that guy took a beating. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think a lot of it, the only reason why he really even lost, because his cardio was pretty much done. Yeah. Like, I think he still could have literally taken a pounding and not have passed out or been knocked out. But, yeah, he just was done. Like, gas was on below empty. Right. Yeah, I mean, that, similar to how we saw in this fight. Mm-hmm. But not to take anything away from Stipe Miocic, he looked, he looked amazing. When mm-hmm. you can go in the cage and not only dominate someone, but dominate them slowly and the way that you want to. Mm-hmm. I mean, he had complete control over that fight. He did whatever he wanted uh, with Mark Hunt towards the, the third, third and fourth round. And, you know, he prevailed in the end. And he stuck to the game plan, too, because a yeah. lot of people were booing. I think they were mostly booing because they were it's like, come on, things. give this guy give this guy a chance. You know, don't take him down. Let him stand up. Because but, that's also their countrymen. They wanted to well, see Yeah, him. of course. Right, but right. I think it, part of it was because they started booing during the takedown. It was like, mm-hmm. come on, I want to I see these guys slug it out. You know, yeah. well, that's what we love Mark Hunt for. Right. But no, Miocic is very – I mean, I, I – of course, I would have liked to have seen that as well, but yeah, no, you know what? Screw that. I'm going to stick to my game plan. I'm going to very accurate striking, by the way, which uh, I think he had. Uh, they said that he had Krokop kind of help him out. Yeah, um, he helped uh, train with Krokop. Camp? Yeah, that Croatian it. connection. Even though, even though Miocic is, I think, born in Ohio. Yep. I think yeah, Clevelander. Yeah, he's from, or his family's from Croatia, so they got that bond. If anything, back in the Miocic's first fight, he had that Krokop kind of trunks. Oh yeah, and the little red and white the, checker, the tight trunks with yeah. the Purina puppy chow. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> logo. Pretty much. That's what I think whenever I see that. Oh, that's funny. I should think head kick. <laughs> yes, you should think head kick anytime his name comes into play. Um. So yeah, impressive showing by Miocic. So uh, we had uh, some MMA drama unfold, some UFC specific drama unfold since we last saw you guys. Uh, obviously, John Jones. Don't know anything about it. Well, that, oh. That, oh my god, let me tell you. That <laughs> upsets me because. Here, here we are. Okay, so it happens almost every time. So obviously we're here every week recapping all the all the shows. Uh-huh. Obviously UFC doesn't run every single week, but it feels like whenever we do have that break in between, something like, big happens. No, not only something big happens, but it happens like the day after uh, we're here. So now, now we got to wait two, three weeks to cover. Because everything I think always before. happens on the weekend, and then they reveal the details on Monday. Because I think something. I think the last well, time that happened was, was when hearing. the Anderson Silva mm-hmm. thing happened. And I remember that one, we had a break, and I was like, man, now I can't even talk about it for like three weeks or I know, so. It's tough. Now, of course, last time we were here was two weeks ago. The whole thing with John Jones happens that weekend, you know, mm-hmm. Sunday, Monday, and we're like, oh, man. I mean, of course, we're amongst ourselves. We were talking, and if anybody out there wants to, you know, talk to us, hashtag ABTVUFC. Mm-hmm. You know, we love to interact with all you guys, and feel free to, you know, talk to us on Twitter. But yeah, a lot of stuff has happened since that. So, uh, yeah. John Jones is obviously out of UFC 187, I believe it is. And replacing him, he's he's off their list for a minute. Now. He's not even ranked. He's not even ranked. Not just the show, man. He's not ranked. They he's took not him anything. Out of the rankings. Yeah, stripped of the title, off the rankings. You know, he's he's put on the bench. Well, let's tell him the full story, if just in case they don't know, Jay. Yeah, go for it. Go for it. John and Joe, John Jones. Uh, um, John Jones. No, okay, so first off, I think 
If anything, it, we were talking about it during our last show. During our That's last right. show, yes, breaking news. So we heard about it. John Jones um, had right. been involved in the in hit, a hit and run. run. run right. uh, turns Allegedly, out, yeah, it turns out it wasn't alleged. It did happen. Uh, kind of long story short, uh, hits run. They find uh, marijuana pipe. No, I think just the, just the pipe. Right, hit a pregnant woman's car. I believe Broke she her was arm. in it. She had a broken arm. He ran from the scene. Uh, I think over some bushes or so. Then, then he comes came back, back to pick up money. Yeah, pocket full of cash, and then took off again. Apparently, there was a cop nearby. Have you seen officer. the body cam? I haven't seen the body cam footage yet. I don't know if there is any. There is. Okay, I, I don't know any. I there's, footage, seen it. there's footage of you know. I guess they all wear the body cams. Yeah, but, but he that. was an off-duty officer, so I don't know that he would have had that. I unless know. I mean, if you've seen body cam footage, then okay. But I. Don't know about a an off duty cop wearing a body cam. I started to watch. I a lot started of a lot of on duty cops are now wearing those body cams. I started. That's a whole it. other. I didn't topic. get a chance to finish it. Uh, but at any rate, though, you know, a hit and run. He ran. Uh, cops later at the scene found uh, a full weed pipe uh, with weed in it. Maybe there's some other uh, other you know packets of weed or whatever. But marijuana and uh, and a marijuana pipe mm-hmm. at the scene. The car, I believe, was a rental. Um, Registered in his name and some other UFC paperwork, as it was reported, in the car. So this was John, to be sure. Um, he was, at least for about 24 hours or so, kind of... MIA. MIA is the right way. I was going to say on the lamb, but that might be uh, the wrong technical terminology. Um, did turn himself in, I believe, Monday that evening um, and was arraigned, mm. uh, was arraigned, I believe, for felony hit and run. And uh, I don't know what other specific charges, but uh, that's some serious stuff there. It's really serious. For anybody, let alone a UFC champion, let alone your one of your top most well-known UFC champions. For sure. I know um, life is a, a lot more than just, you know, UFC pay-per-views, entertainment, but at, yeah, the same time, fight nights. at the same time, he did have a fight coming up in like, you know, month. A, a month after that. Right. Uh, so they had a hearing. I think they were kind of mentioning early, because I don't remember it was on a Tuesday. Uh, they were just kind of mentioning like, well, he's got a fight coming up. Already kind of like, well, they're, they're, his lawyer's already thinking about fighting. Obviously, John Jones was maybe still, maybe still trying to think about fighting. I'm thinking to myself, there's no way this guy should fight. Uh, obviously, he's got a lot of things that he needs to go through, and apparently the UFC agreed. Yeah, uh, stripped him of the belt, mm-hmm. uh, suspend him, you know, indefinitely. Daniel Cormier now in his place to fight for the title, and not, I think not the, even an interim title, the actual the yeah. title. I think right. they made the right decision because that's what I was thinking. Too. I was like, dude, strip him. Uh, don't have these maybes or what ifs when he's going to come back. Just strip him, you know. And and again, fast forward, you know, God hope he gets his life together, not just for the sake of a comeback story but just because you know just right. because he's still a human being you want good things for him yeah for anyone for anyone you know hopefully everybody goes through but yeah it, it'd be the ultimate redemption story too mm-hmm. great storyline you know fast forward year two years who knows so most people th- seem to think that he will uh will be back i, I agree he's, that, that he's young be, john it, jones is very young still yeah yeah it's consensus across the board it was the right thing to do because there's no way really to from at least a pr standpoint but let alone also jones's well-being mm-hmm. and uh that you you have to you have to put him on ice you have to strip him of the title and really force him to focus on whatever's going on with him as opposed to uh, as opposed to the UFC his career things like that yeah and it and everyone also seems to think that he is going to come back because like you said he's young he's mm-hmm. very young and he has plenty of time to get his life together but not only for his well-being you know, should they strip the title and, and do this to John? But also the the name of the UFC. You know, we yeah. need to support yeah. and represent people that deserve it and want it. And when you do things that are 
you know, out of conduct or, you know, not what you're supposed to be doing as a UFC champion of the world, you got to kind of rain down on that. I think a lot of it had to do with this wasn't exactly strike one either. Mm-hmm. That's enough. He, he had the, the DUI. The DUI was the first uh, thing. He had the, the Coke thing yep. earlier this year. Now this, it's like, mm-hmm. ugh. And the DUI I, was with a suspended license anyway. Yeah, and right, correctly. an already suspended license. So not, he definitely has a pre- previous history of Not partying, that Dana yeah. White, uh, you know, he did nothing wrong. I think he made the right choice. Uh, I mean, he had no choice. The previous but was, two well, times. But it was also the right choice to do as far as, right. I mean, do you think that this should have stripped, like, everything that happened, do you agree with that's what should have happened? With Dana White, uh, as I mean. Yeah. It's no question. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we talked very briefly about this mm-hmm. um, on Thursday, but yeah, it's. Uh, I, I don't think that there's much of an argument, quite honestly. No, I don't think many people are arguing it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is what it is. It's yeah. fair as fair. I agree. I mean, because yeah, I, I was saying that they should just strip on the belt. With that said, mm-hmm. is Daniel Cormier the right, the right guy to come in and be that mm-hmm. guy? Yeah. I mean, who else would you put? Alexander Gustafson, but, you know, he just lost to. To, um, but Cormier just lost to John Jones. This is also injured too, so you would have announced Gustafson. Well, he and got, Gustafson not, just got knocked out he, by uh, Johnson himself. John Johnson, yeah, yeah. But I mean, yeah, Gustafson uh, got hurt after they announced Daniel Cormier as, as as filling in. But I'd say Cormier makes the most sense. Cormier makes the most just sense. because he yes he lost, but it's not like he lost in the first round. He went to the full decision with John Jones. The conversation um, is. Um, what I mean with Cormier and Johnson, and one of them is going to be the uh, the winner and the new champion, uh-huh. and uh, announced and declared as and considered the true champion. Uh-huh. Uh, are you going to take uh, Are you going to take that person as the true light heavyweight champion, despite that he hasn't beaten John Jones yet? Well, even if you don't at first, even if you are a fan that needs to warm up to the idea of having one of them as your champ, mm-hmm. as soon as they get two to three title defenses under mm-hmm. their belt, that's when the serious. That's when I'll True. take you serious. So, um, but in the meantime, I, I still am going to take the guy seriously. Whoever wins, absolutely. that's the champion. They're, su- they're such high level competitors, and John Jones is the guy in his weight class that defeats everybody in mm-hmm. his weight class. Yeah, that and also though, I'm gonna. I, I understand the linear. Um, mentality that you didn't beat the champion, therefore you're not really the champion. There's an asterisk. I, but right. in this case, the champion beat himself, and I think that's completely a fair thing to say. Mm-hmm. There is a code of conduct, and there is a higher standard for athletes um, and, and also entertainers to a certain extent. But in this in this case with athletes, it's competitive. Um, th- that's the world that they live in. So therefore, right. there is a higher standard that they have to step up to. And if they've failed themselves, as John has in this case... Mm-hmm. Then, I mean, the promotion is, the, is full right and was in the right position to strip him of the title, which means that there is not a champion now. Absolutely. But there will be come that, May 23rd. That being said, I think that the more accepted winner would obviously be Johnson because he hasn't recently lost to Jones. Whereas mm-hmm. Daniel Cormier, they're going to say, they're going to say, oh, he got through a loophole because he just lost to Jones. And that, right. you know, they might, they might talk more. Whereas if Johnson wins, they're like, oh, this guy's, he's the best there is right now. We'll yeah. see when Jones comes back what happens. But mm-hmm. right now, he's the champ. You know, That's it's very it. similar if the guy was injured, you know, for a serious long-term right. situation right. And, and you knew that he wasn't going to be able to defend, so they, they put another title in, uh, or a, a title match in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would still consider him the champion. The champ, yeah. I don't even really like the title of interim champion. I don't, I don't like it either because it implies that you're not the best in the, in the right. division when you are at this point. So, yeah. you know, you should be considered the champion. But I, I can tell you from firsthand, it's very hard to keep a champion, um, keep him around, keep him in line 
to to defend the title constantly or, right. you know, or on whatever schedule you have of them. You know, mm-hmm. people drop out from matches all the time on our shows, um, and that's the case with uh, with title holders as well. So you know, right. it hopefully is what at it the is. UFC level, they take it more seriously and they realize that. Yeah. You know, well, the dependency do. of their families on the line and stuff like that. But yeah, yeah. It's it, the Jones case is a rarity, thank God. But sure. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm sure you're familiar with the schedule of a champ. Yeah. But you know, if when somebody falls out they're not able to defend their title anymore, then they are not a champion. Right. And if somebody's on the sideline for a little bit, you move on and you know, I mean that's it's a bit of a different thing mm-hmm. than this, in which case he's he's got some some bigger this is just like you know, in some ways just like a very big injury. It's a big we, mental I mean, injury if nothing it else. Is. You know? It's it's a boo boo, it's a you know, it's a mess up. Yeah. Um and we've seen it with the heavyweight division, we've seen it with a couple other weight classes where you know, the champ, like you said, constantly gets injured and you're like, Oh my god, what do we do with this weight class? Do we do we keep him on hold or do we move on with this? Mm-hmm. And I think it's a clean, it's a clear cut answer. Jones out, Daniel Cormier yeah. and Johnson. But this for in. disciplinary actions, obviously, exactly. for something else, of course. Yeah. yeah, we're gonna start wrapping up soon. So I know we wanted to talk about the Reebok deal. They kind of announced the pay structure of everything. What do you guys? Th- so they announced the pay structure. I think it was hmm. one to five fights. You get like ten grand. Twenty five hundred. This is just straight sponsorship. Based on it's really nice. Are you looking at, least at it? That, Do you have it in front of you? Yeah. you Go ahead, read it. So one to five, twenty five hundred, six to ten, five thousand. This is 11, bouts that you fought in the UFC, in the UFC, and also strike force, strike force, WEC, and Pride, and Pride. Anything under Zufa. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So eleven to fifteen is ten grand. Sixteen to twenty is fifteen. Twenty one or more, twenty thousand. Uh, title challengers get thirty thousand, and champions receive forty thousand per fight. Okay. Now I don't know what sponsors pay because I just don't. But I would assume that sponsors like Burger King, I'm gonna Gatorade. Ass- I'm going to assume just just based on the reaction of the fighters themselves yeah. that that is not good. No, it doesn't sound <laughs> oh, no. good. It doesn't sound good because you know, like, I mean, not to compare this to boxing, but you know, like, uh, Canelo, Can- Canelo, 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 Canelo just fought mm-hmm. and made like 3.5 mil. On well, sponsors? Mayweather just fought. No, and he not made- on sponsors. On, on Fight Purse. Okay, that's different. Right, of course. But what I'm saying is we know what the fight person of, of UFC fighters are. Mm-hmm. We, we see it every time it's released, and it's nowhere near that. So we would hope that we don't know the numbers of the sponsors and that they're secretly really good so that our fighters are getting paid you know, somewhat Look, similar. Some, some fighters have, have gone public with their numbers. Um, Brendan Schaub and Demetrius Johnson have talked about earning six figures on, on sponsorships alone. Um, under this this schedule here, if you look, both of them <clears throat> are within ten to fifteen fights. I think actually, um, I, I looked it up, and I think Brendan Schaub has eleven, and DJ has uh, maybe fourteen or fifteen. Um, so they're making ten thousand. They're but by the this pay schedule. Make 40. Actually, you're right. I take that back. Forty because he is a He's champion. He's a champ. Yeah, yeah. He gets paid. But from uh, Schaub, for example, you know, six figures if that's his basis, and now he's down to ten thousand. There's no way to really justify How that. How do you I mean, justify that's, this? What 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 is the the UFC's justification? I mean, the UFC justification is that he looks better in the uniform. Oh God. <laughs> I, I, nobody across the board. Well, I, I had a uh, a Twitter conversation with um, shoot uh, uh, the Funk Master um, Aljamain Sterling mm-hmm. and Anthony. Uh, his name escaped. Me. Begins, last name begins with a B. Um, Borchak, I think, um, and. They seem to be taking a little bit 
different stances towards it. I believe Sterling, when we first started talking, he was kind of making the point that it was easier now. He, he was seemed to be welcoming it, if I understood what he was saying, because um, because it was uh, he wasn't going to have to deal with fly by night companies, wasn't going to have to chase after right. certain fighters. But he but did obviously a, want more of that money, though. If you have a good manager, though, hustle the hustle and get what you can get. Yeah, Anthony Burchak was was posting. I mean, I remember Sterling saying something about now he doesn't look have to look like a, a NASCAR. Um, yeah, I you get know, a, a NASCAR label. Um, mm. And and Burchak, you know, later later on in the conversation said that you know what's wrong with that? Those guys are getting paid. Huge money to look like that. And, mm. you know, I agree. I'm not against the way that we have things now, but there is unfortunately a certain economic uh, bubble that has burst with sponsorship. People are not paying. People don't see the value of having your logo on a fighter's butt like they used to. And that's understandable. I've never really been mm-hmm. – <laughs> I'm going to get in trouble at some point when I say this, but I've never been that much of a big believer in the sponsorship game. As far as putting the logo on a butt, you know, you, right. you've got to go that much farther. And so this is, we can talk about this more next week, but, you know, but they're playing the music. You're going to have to do more to be a, to be a spokesman, to, to earn that money. I agree. Um, guys, wake up early next Saturday because that's when the next UFC is going to be playing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's Ed, uh, Faber versus. I'm recording it and then I'm watching Edgar, it. <laughs> are, you, are you not waking up? I am waking up that early. Why? We'll get pancakes. We're going to watch it. Yes. Yeah. Pajama party at Darius' Pajama place. Pajama party at my real place. Real quick, though, who do you have? Frankie Edgar or Uri Faber? Oh, I think I got to go with Jersey here. <laughs> no, it's, it's Edgar or Faber. Edgar. Okay. And yourself? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm leaning towards Frankie Edgar. I'm going to Frankie Edgar. You can follow me at G Hermosa, at G H E R M O Z on Facebook, on Instagram, on, on Twitter, on MySpace, on Google Plus, whatever it is. There you go. Jay, where can we find you? Jay Tan, 716, and the big three as usual. Happy Mother's Day, Carol. And the next U of MMA? Yes, that too. Uh, May 31st. Tickets are at uofmma.com. Card is really getting stacked up. God, I can't believe it's around the corner. I know. We'll all be there watching. Guys, you can find me at DarryB28, like always, and Darry the Jersey Devil Baronado on everything else, I think, besides Twitter. Um, Guys, Quest Nutrition. They hooked me up with some awesome bars, and they showed me around their facilities. Best Quest bars, best nutrition bars around. Try them out. See you guys later. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Happy Mother's Day! Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principal.